Hello, everyone. Welcome into another episode of Kentucky Daily. I'm Derek Terry. Join the day on a very chilly, uh, overcast. I wouldn't call it nasty like yesterday uh, day, but I am joined by Kaylin Harris. Uh, both of us were out at Kroger Field yesterday. I believe you made it over there, right? I'm sure you did. Oh yeah, you, but yeah, yeah. I, I probably haven't missed a game, a home game, and it's it's had to have been 15 years or so. I would think it's a good run. That's a good run right there. And you've seen the highs and the lows, and yesterday would certainly qualify as a low. Uh, Kayla, I said, you know, since Kentucky became, you know, good, and I put good, bowl eligible, basically, since a consistent, a consistent winning program. Uh, yesterday's twenty-four to twenty-one loss to Vanderbilt is the is a low point. It's uh, at no point. Maybe this is on me, but at no point going into that game yesterday did I even think that Vanderbilt could win that game. I didn't think that I didn't think they could win at any point in the game until. There were, I think, until I knew we weren't far enough where we could actually throw a Hail Mary pass. Like, I legit still thought we were going to win the game. It just didn't seem feasible or possible, I guess is a better word, that, that we would actually lose. Yeah, and they did. Um, and really, I think the most disappointing thing is just how deserved it was, I thought, for Vanderbilt. Um, they, I thought they earned the win. You know, Kentucky on that final drive – help them. You know, Ty Asian picks off a pass on fourth down, hands to the face. Again, the, the right call um, on yeah. Octavius Oxendon, and then on another fourth down. Uh, Max Harrison comes in for Carrington Valentine, who has hurt the play before. I don't know if that kid had been in the game all day on defense. I know he played special teams, um, but Vanderbilt identified that, and on fourth, and I, th- I think it was about fourth and 11, I think so, they yeah. complete a 40-yard pass, which uh, – didn't quite win the game. Obviously, they had, to, they had to convert a few more plays, which they did. But twice on that final drive, you have them on fourth down um, and fourth and long on the second one. So I, th- I thought it was a deserved win. You look at the final stats. I mean, 448 yards, 264 yards rushing. First I time, I think, in, what, 20 years that Vanderbilt had two guys rush for 100 yards in an SEC game. Yeah, um, and if we don't pick one in the end zone and then recover yeah. a fumble in the first series when they're, they're actually driving, I mean – you know, it, it could have been worse. It was a deserved outcome. I thought I thought Vanderbilt um, deserved to win that game. And for Kentucky, I mean, I thought that the tone was set pretty bad early. Um, the defense actually gets a turnover off of what was like a 14-yard gain for Vanderbilt. I never saw a replay. I've, I've not gone back. I will not go back and watch this game. I usually go back and watch every game, but I'm not going to go. I'm not going to put no. myself through that one again. Um, it looked like on the scoreboard to me that the that, that Will Shepard, who caught the pass, I thought he was down, but I thought it was probably a break there. He must have not. I mean, they, they reviewed it and didn't overturn it, so I'm sure it was the right call. But you don't gain a yard off the first turnover yeah. of the game. I mean, he had a great chance right there. You kicked off, two plays in, you get the ball, and don't gain a yard, have to settle for a field goal, which, I mean, not to be too much of a smart ass, but like they actually made the field goal. They made the first two field goals that they it was a 40. Uh, it was a 47 yarder and it would have been yeah. good from 55, you know? Um, but that was in general, you know, Kentucky reached the reds on four times and uh, only scored one touchdown. That's the, been the story of the year though, man. Yeah. Like that's so like, you know, I've tried to be so level headed and, you know, I like I'm not a sunshine pumper at all. And I never have been, but I am a, an optimist by nature. Uh, but also, I'm a realist. I mean, like I, I, I see it. You know, I mean, I, 
I didn't play NFL football or college football or anything like that, but I've coached some and I did play through high school and things like that. So, I mean, I understand the game. I'm not, not at the level of a, of a coach, you know, or anything like that, but there were reasons all season where I thought it was fair to explain away some of the, the issues. I mean, Offensive line, there are reasons why the offensive line's in the shape that it's in. It's a new system. It's a hard system to learn. Um, Will is hurt. He's been hurt all year. They wanted to run outside zone, and then it's difficult, didn't have the personnel. So it wasn't really their fault they didn't have the personnel. So, I mean, there's lots of reasons, offensively especially, to be able to explain things away. But week 11 against a team that is – the you know, were they like 113th or something out of 114 teams, something like that in uh, passing defense. And we threw for 100 yards. I mean, that's it. And we've got a quarterback that's projected to be a, a first-round NFL pick. We've got studs at receiver. We've got a tight end room that you just drool over. We've got the all-time, you know – Best running back, second best running back, whatever in the SEC, maybe the best in school history. Like at some point, man, it just you kind of got to say it is what it is, and you know it all falls back on Scangarello at this point. And I'm not like a oh you got to fire everybody and do all this stuff. I mean that's not kind of who I am. It's more like okay, can can we give them a chance to figure it out? But they've gone the opposite direction, and I just. I don't know what the answer is at this point other than maybe he's in over his head. And, you know, you look at Zach Yenzer. I love Yenzer, the offensive line. I mean, he, I love his personality and all that. But if we're really being real here, he coached at Kansas. He wasn't very good there. Went to the NFL, and he was basically the number two or number three offensive line guy. And, you know, for the for the 49ers. Now, that's that's a great job, you know, whatever. But I think we kind of fell in love with what happened with Liam Cohen last year. And we just thought that's the blueprint. I think Coach Stoops thought that the fans thought that. And I think maybe those guys aren't the answer. And I, I can't believe I'm saying that not even a whole year into it. But it's it's almost just egregious what's happened at this point offensively. I mean, is am I being crazy or are you, you know? I think I was a lot like you. And by the way, I'm pretty sure the stat going in, I, I think Vanderbilt was 130 in pass defense out of 131. I there think you go. That's yeah. The stat that I saw. I mean, literally, like, probably the worst. Or no, was that? It's bad to say because Tennessee was down there. I think Tennessee was like 125 when Kentucky played them. So you've played yeah. two of the worst passing defenses in the country and didn't break 200 yards, I don't think. Because I think Will threw for what, 88 or something like that against, uh, Tennessee, so in two games against two of the worst teams, statistically, you would see throwing the ball, you fail to break 200 yards. So, uh, no, I'm with you. I I was up until yesterday, I was like you. I I think you could, in every single game that Kentucky had lost, you could at least rationalize it a little bit or maybe put the blame other places because the drive chart against Ole Miss, you go back, I mean, the, the last three drives all ended with either turnovers on downs or fumbles from Levis. Uh, 
but they were right there with a the chance to tie it. And they had other miscues in that game, miss field goal or block. I don't remember. It's been such a mess on special teams. Um, but then also, too, and I, I mean, all this counts, obviously. But I mean, I was down there. I was excited, but and I was disappointed we lost, but I was still really optimistic because I'm like, yeah, man, we, we had, we, we win the game on the road if, you know, we wait a half a second to snap the ball, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, to a team that's top 10 in the, in the country. So it's like, okay, we're, we're in good shape. But then now that I've seen how things have played out and I go back and look at that again, if Barry on Brown had to be like Superman that day, almost, you know what I mean? I mean, even at the end of the game, whenever he took that screen now, that's a that's a called play we blocked it all that so i'm not taking credit away from the coaching staff on that one whatsoever but barry f's barry on brown you know taking a, a pass at the line of scrimmage and almost taking it home putting us in a position to be able to win the game um he had kick return two kick returns that were unbelievable i mean so i i don't know like i think i've tried to find the good all season and have probably overlooked kind of you know, or tried to like explain away, like you were saying, most of the deficiencies that were were and still are there, and have not gotten better, but have probably exactly. gotten worse. That's you know, that, that was the point I was going to make. There's been no yeah. progress. The same areas where Kentucky was bad as a team in Week One, they're still bad. Ten games into this, offensive line is. Uh, it is what it is with those guys. I mean, the last play that or the second to last play before Levis was sacked, I follow uh, one of Vanderbilt's. Um, I guess he's like a media relations guy. He used to be a sports writer. Um, got a job at Vanderbilt, and he was going through their plays. Uh, and you just see, I mean, Vanderbilt sends four guys at the end of the game. Four guys and in Kentucky. You know you're passing the ball. They know you're passing. I mean, it's you know, <laughs> and you can't block them. You got six guys and you can't block four of them from Vanderbilt. Um, so. I did think they probably did a you know a better job run blocking yesterday. Kentucky ran for two thirteen, not not too bad. I mean, it was fine. You know, C Rod uh, had a great day. Probably the one guy on the team yesterday you would look at and say they played well. Um, yeah, but how 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 good were they? If you take away the one again, it counts. Like I, I'm not taking that away, but one huge play. If you take that one huge play away, how how were they yesterday? It was a seventy two yard touchdown. It was, yeah. Um, so 90 divided by 17. Outside of that carry, he averaged 5.2 yards. Still pretty good. Yeah, which is solid. Yeah, yeah. which is solid. But it's, you know, that's and below his career average. Yeah, right? a 28-yarder. So as a team, yeah. Um, I don't know how much I want to spend on, on Vanderbilt. I mean, we all live through it, and it's yeah. – a terrible. I mean, you look at the streaks that this is why it's such a bad loss. I mean, for the reaction that they drew from losing at home to South Carolina with the backup quarterback, um, I wasn't on board with a lot of the over the top takes. The one point I would make though, Kalen, I was thinking about it during the game yesterday, and it's such an indictment, I think, on Kentucky's offense through the years with Stoops. Vanderbilt had three guys at quarterback on that roster that have all played SEC football. That I would that I would say they had three guys that are all I wouldn't say good. I mean, up until yesterday, I don't think any of them had really proved they could win in the SEC. Right. But AJ Swan, their starter, who overtook Mike Wright, who started yesterday, and then I don't know if you remember Ken Sills, who started against Kentucky yeah. in twenty twenty, is still on there. I think he started last year actually against UK. Yeah. 
is still on that roster. You had three guys that all had SEC experience, and Riot was capable of coming on the road. Like, you basically had to punt the South Carolina game because you only had one guy on the roster that is capable of winning an SEC game for you. And uh, that's that's why I can't even – I don't know that Kentucky was better than South Carolina without Will Levis out there. But should that have been a pass? Because I was giving him a pass pretty much all year. But I don't know that, that when you take in the, the whole culmination of the Stoops here and the fact that it's just so bad at quarterback basically every single year. I mean, Will last year was probably the best we've seen. And by the end of this season, his numbers are going to be down compared to what he – I think he was 24 – touchdowns last year throwing I, I don't I think he ran for nine so he accounted for 33 as will run for a touchdown this year I think he's got a couple of QB sneaks sneaks yeah um I don't know what his total touchdown count is right now but I think he's only thrown 16 this season so he's not he's probably not even going to get to what he threw last year um and for all the things you know you can explain it away with the offensive line he does have new receivers it's just been bad um but that, that was disappointing to me that you know, quote unquote backup quarterback yesterday, but a guy who has started games can come in and he he outplayed Levis. Uh, he, he outplayed Vanderbilt, outplayed Kentucky's defense. Uh, Wright could not consistently drop back and throw. I mean, they had 184 yards passing on 12 completions. 12 completions, oh, yeah. Vanderbilt. Yeah. Uh, it was the first time this year I thought that it was it was a bad day for the defense. And but again, I mean, you're they still had two turnovers. They forced two turnovers. They should have had a third if Oxendine doesn't go hands to the face there at the end. I mean, I still thought it was good enough, probably. wasn't going to yeah, be a good I mean, day, we still, but it was good enough. Yeah, we still made – I mean, we still were in a position where it was fourth and 11 on their 30-yard line maybe. I mean, it was uh, – Yeah, I think they were around midfield. Well, the first, I'm saying the first one when we got the hands Oh, the yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they yeah, were back. When, yeah. Yeah, when Ty had the interception. I mean, so it's mm-hmm. like – I just, you know, I, but at the end of the day, I mean, I, I'm not glad we lost by any means. I'm frustrated, but maybe this is what it took. And this is a wake up call for, for a lot of people in that building over there. Um, coaches, players, you know, the whole, the whole deal. I, uh, I'm, I'm very disappointed in how the season has gone for, I know everybody is, but in Mark Stoops, you know, I don't want to get into the whole, basketball football debate but that's still coming up months later it was a it was a bad time I think I might have said this to Sean when he was on here on one of the episodes or I've said it other places like it was a bad time for Mark Stoops to go out of character and actually start talking in the preseason you have the whole deal at SEC media days where he was you know more or less calling out Shane Beamer and then you have the whole spat with Cal I mean it was very uncharacteristic compared to his first nine years here and I don't know if he bought in I just it's hard for me to have imagined that anyone saw this coming because there's no way he would have been out there saying the things that he was and talking about. No, going I think he felt really good about the team, man. I think he felt really good about it. Well, you know, you know more of the inside stuff than I do. How much of a shock does this have to be then for everybody over there? Oh, a ton, I mean, man, a ton. He felt like he was getting, he was getting the equivalent or very close to the equivalent of Cohen coming back. Like he legitimately walked away thinking I just nailed this hire. Like I, I know people around him and he was ecstatic about the hire. Um and you know he just it's he's just not I think I feel comfortable saying at this point he's just not 
a good college offense coordinator at this point. And I don't know if he will be. I think he everything you hear about him being a brilliant football mind, I think is very accurate. And I think he's very from a quarterback um teaching perspective, I do think he's very, very good. But it's a different animal, man. It's a completely different deal whenever you have to scheme up the whole deal. You gotta call plays. You've got to I mean, it, it that is a completely different animal. It doesn't mean he's not a great football coach. It just means he's not a great offense coordinator. But I feel pretty confident in saying that at this point, just knowing the talent that we have here and the regression from from day one, honestly. Here, here's the scary thing to me, and I spent a lot of time thinking about Kentucky football, and no circumstance in my mind did it come in that – I thought Will was going to have a good year. I thought this was going to be the easiest year that Scangarello had because basically, and this was, I was wrong on the offensive line. I thought it would at least be serviceable. It's not. It's, it's probably, if not the worst in Power 5, I can't imagine there's one worse. I mean, they've given up, I think, 40 sacks now uh, on the season. Or, yeah, or but let me, let, hold, put a pin in the thought because I want to ask you a question about that, though. Do you think... When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know, we've heard how difficult – I mean, there's articles. You guys – you can Google it, do all this stuff. But SI, how, right? Got a big yeah, story. The SI yeah. has a great one, yeah, about this offense. And how much of that, though – because it looks like it has been – to me, it doesn't look like they've been completely overpowered or overmatched all season. There are times they have, for sure. But it looks like they've been confused the whole season. I mean, you've got four guys uh, twisting and stunning and things like that, and you'll have two guys on our offensive line <laughs> whiff on guys going the opposite direction because they're confused. I mean, it just – so I wonder how much of this we, – we threw too much at them trying to be this outside zone team, trying to put this complicated scheme in, and that it took them away from being – football players and made them have to think so much out there that uh, I mean I'm not trying to make excuses for them because I think it's not a good offensive line no matter how you slice it but you have seen them be able to get downhill the second half of the season some and it's looked like a different team and that's how they were recruited that's who we always have been in the past Liam Cohen wanted to go outside zone last year saw that it was not a fit for our offensive line. So we went more back back to more of a gap uh, inside zone scheme, which is, you know, you're, you're blocking it completely different. You're getting, trying to get to the second level with guys really getting downhill. And you just, I think we've got, we got away from that so much. And I can't help but think that plays a big part in this because you can't tell me Kenneth Horsey goes from being a good offensive lineman to being terrible. You can't tell me Eli Cox went for I know he changed positions, but you can't he was he was a 
mid-season All-American by like ESPN last year or somebody. I mean, it was it mm-hmm. wasn't Kentucky Riders. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, so I, you can't tell me that. And you you got a guy like Quentin Wilson that doesn't even sniff the field right now, and he he's played for two years. Now he hadn't been a starter, but I just I don't know, man. Like I, it's been bad. I agree, but I just I swear I, I have to think it's more than these guys just aren't very good. Yeah, well, that does lead me back to the thought I was going to have, and they they were combined in this one real quick though, on the offensive line. I understood it more at the beginning of the season because you're basically playing five new guys, either in terms of personnel or the returning guys being in a different position. And um, the fact that it doesn't seem like it's gotten any better is where I think is a looks bad for, for all the offensive coaches involved. But what I didn't account for, and this is what scares me the most in the short term, is I thought Scangarello would come in here, run a pretty good offense. Will would be a first-round pick, and you would still be set up pretty well on offense moving forward with, I thought one of, I probably have this written somewhere on Twitter somewhere. I thought they were going to have one of the best situations to sell a portal quarterback going into next season. I'm sorry if you can hear my cat in the background. Uh, But uh, with the young wide receivers they had coming back, Jordan Dingle has been better than I expected he would be this season. Caddis is obviously out there. Um, they were going to have basically everything in place. and But now you look at it, now that we've seen this team, if Scangarello's back, and I honestly at this point, I don't, I just can't imagine he will be. Uh, the questions you're going to have to answer now, assuming you do have to make a change at OC, is what kind of system does Stoops want for that person to come in? How quickly can you get an OC in here, and how quickly can you get a quarterback? For next season, I think they probably need a starting caliber running back, and Lord knows how many offensive linemen they need. I will say, I don't think you're going to see. I think you will definitely add guys from the offensive line. I'm not sure, Kalen. I look at that. I, I think it's going to take a few years to get that unit built back up. I, I just don't see that that becoming a strength by next season getting here. So that's why I'm I'm pretty concerned about next year. Before we even go look at the schedule, which is, uh, my opinion, a much more difficult schedule next season versus what they had this year it's the fact that now there are so many unknown things with the personnel that it's hard to even kind of forecast how it's going to go next year and I do worry I'm not one of these guys who thinks all the good young players are going to leave however that will be a sensitive situation I think for Stoops to manage trying to convince these guys to stay here whenever there are other good programs out there that would love to have them. And you're trying to work your way through yet another offensive coordinator search. I'm assuming this is going to happen. I, I'm not calling for Scangarello's job. Maybe I am. I mean, I think everybody kind of, it's just, you can tell. I think it's, it's just, okay it's, if you are. Yeah. It's not working. Like it's not going to work. I think, uh, I thought personally for Scangarello, he probably saw this as an opportunity to come in and, and hitch his wagon to Will and say, Hey, I came in here and I helped develop this guy into a potential number one pick. And, you go look at these numbers, it's been awful. It's been an awful, awful season. It and has. it's it's two years after we just talked about the same things. The offense was awful two years ago. Last year, they at least had some bright spots. And I thought Liam did a good job utilizing guys. I don't know that they were going to have a breakthrough this year if Liam was still calling plays, but do I think they beat Vanderbilt yesterday if Cohen's still here? Hell yeah. I think second year in that system would have done a lot of good for a lot of people. I think there would have been – issues that we were looking at but i think the program as a whole 
you know, he left for a good opportunity for himself. I'm happy for Liam, but in terms of what it's done and the pressure that I think it put on Stoops last year that we all kind of looked over, at least I did, I guess I shouldn't speak for other people. It's stunning to me how bad they are. And it's really disappointing, I think, as a fan to be in a situation where most of the Stoops tenure, I mean, you got to appreciate what they've done, the way they've been able to win, but it's not a, it's not a great brand of football to watch. But whenever you're winning, you kind of just accept it for what it is. But whenever you lose to one of the worst teams in the last few years in the SEC, I don't know that any reaction's too strong from what happened yesterday. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with that to a point. Like, I don't think I'm not saying to fire Stoops. I'm just saying, like, I am concerned personally that he will make a hire as the next OC that really changes things. I, he's been here ten years. How many years have they had what you would call a good offense? A complete offense. Yeah, not many. Ever? I mean, no, no, not many. But again, like you said, I think in a lot of ways he found the formula to be really competitive in the SEC when we ha- had not been competitive in the SEC for 35, 40 years. Mm-hmm. And so I just think we, we can't be so short-sighted that we are – all in, so excited, like, man, I can't believe he figured out a way to do this. Like, we didn't have to have bells and whistles and gimmicks and things. I mean, we've all talked about this on podcasts and in, to, to each other and in the stands. Like, you know, the way that he figured out how to do this is has been amazing. And it's so awesome. He's such a great coach. And then I just don't think – I do think this season – has shined a light on some things that need to be changed. There's no question. But if we win that yesterday, we're all still saying, oh, that's ugly, but heck yeah, we're seven and four or seven and three. And, you know, looking at eight and eight and four, you know, if we lose next week and beat Louisville, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I mean, I just don't think one loss now all of a sudden we're, we've taken 10 steps back as a program and we're terrible and, you know, we need to start completely over and we need to, uh, you know, whatever. I just, I'm frustrated. I do think there need to be changes. I do think Stoops does need to evaluate his overall um, strategy, I guess, when it comes to who we're going to be. I do believe that. He's a a 56-year-old man who's been coaching here for 10 years. Like, what makes you think he's going to change? He That's hired Liam. He, he hired Liam last year. That's that was a huge change. He hired a guy. He he went and interviewed guys. He had proven offensive coordinators. He goes and hires a guy that's the assistant quarterback coach in in the NFL because he thought that plan was the way to go, which is a completely that was a completely outside the box hire last year. It so was. so that that in and of itself leads me to believe he's willing to do things. He saw the way that it was with Eddie for a while. We won, but the offense got so bad, it's like, okay, we had to make a change. He loves Eddie Grant. Eddie Grant's still there. Like, he didn't want to fire Eddie. Like, that that would suck for him, but he did it. He was willing to do that for the to try to take the program to the next level. So I give him credit for that. And then the Liam hire, I give him credit for too. A lot of people would say, I mean – People in football circles and people and Stoops himself thought it was a coup bringing in Scangarello. I mean, he couldn't believe he was able to bring him in. 
Now, hindsight's twenty twenty. Now, when you look back at it, obviously, like, shit, bring me, uh, you know, Brian Brom or who, all the other guys, you know, we were we were talking about. Um, but at the time, we were all man. That's dude to be able to bring that in the same same type of system, you know, blah 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 blah. It just hadn't worked. He took a swing and he missed. So, like, I think he deserves at this point the benefit of the doubt that he's going to get it right. I'm fine with crushing him if he doesn't. But we're, this is Kentucky football, and we've we've been terrible for a long, long, long time. I've sat through some terrible football and planned my Saturdays around terrible football where I went home thinking, man, I would much rather have mowed the grass than go to the game. But I went to the game. It's a completely different deal now. Yeah, yesterday sucked. This season has been a slog for sure, but we're going to six straight bowl games. We seven. got a coach. Yeah, seven straight bowl games. We've got a coach that's on the radar at Auburn and Nebraska. I mean, it's it's bad and things need to change. But I swear, like, I think we we just need a little bit of perspective for a minute. Like, if he blows this, then that's two in a row. Then I then he deserves some heat. There's no question. But I, I just think he deserves the benefit of the doubt to get this right at this point. I don't disagree. I do think they're at a – depending on the day you catch me, I can make different arguments for different things. Today, after what we saw yesterday, I'm not real happy. I have my doubts. Uh, I do agree with you. That was a – because, I mean, there's a chance. I know I know the season is not going well for the Rams. I think Stafford's actually – we're recording this midday on Sunday. I think Stafford's actually out today. So, I doubt yeah. their offense is going to be looking much better. Um, well, and they've been hurt all year at receiver. and Their offensive line might be the worst in the NFL. But it's, you could look up and you could be looking at Stoops' as a hiring resume and the fact that he got a guy who I, I think is probably on the track to be an NFL head coach one day to come to UK. I agree. That was a – in hindsight, a tremendous pull. And it was a risk at the time because I remember the you call you were the one who told me that Liam Cohen was on the radar for UK. And I remember asking you, who the hell is Liam Cohen? Because we thought yeah. it was Shane Walter. Shane Walter. We all yeah. did. We all thought, and, yeah, we all thought quarterback <laughs> coach. Oh, okay, quarterback coach for the Rams. Okay, that's pretty cool. Wait a minute. You mean it's the assistant the quarterback assistant, coach for the yeah. Rams? And he was a he was a great fit here. I, I wish he would have stayed a little bit longer. Uh but again, I thought he, you know, for for his sake, if his end goal was to be in either an offensive or defense or offensive or coordinator or head coach in the NFL, he made the right move. I, I don't and think he, he brought he brought Will Levis out of. <laughs> I mean, it's just he he literally was a running. He was a, a wildcat quarterback basically at Penn State, and he brought him here when everybody's like, "Who is this?" Like, this, I'm not excited about this guy. Who is this guy? And then you know it's. It is what it is. So I, yeah. We've got about five minutes here left. And not to over. I mean, obviously, they, they got Georgia on Saturday. They got, in my opinion, you're playing that last game of the year against Louisville. It's all about pride. Keep that streak going against those guys. You know, Louisville's going to want that game badly. Both teams are going to be bowl eligible. Maybe both uh, six and five or seven and four. Louisville might be seven and four. I think they're favored over NC State. But real quick, when you are thinking about next season and the offensive overall strategy what what are you going to hope for when Stoops goes out on another search assuming he does again Scangrel has not been fired but I think yesterday probably sealed the fate for him yeah I mean that's tough man because when Liam brought 
you know, we're under center, we're play action, we're, you know, we're huddling and, and things like that. That was kind of a, oh gosh, I don't know if I like that or not. But after seeing it in action and the way that he was able to put defenders in conflict consistently, we, I mean, Josh Ali is on the uh, Falcons practice squad right now. He, he's really playing well, apparently. They think he's going to play some, some for the Falcons this season, so which, which is really cool. But he was hurt last season. You know, he only played a few games. So we have one receiver, Wendell Robinson. Everybody in the stadium knew they were going to try to go to, 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 to Robinson. He was able to scheme up ways to get Robinson the ball with a quarterback that had never started, never played real quarterback, drop back snaps in power five football since high school. I mean, now he had a few series here and there. He had a half against whoever it was, Iowa or, or whatever. Point being, like, he had never been a starter and prepared as a starter, especially in the SEC. So it worked. So I don't know that I know what I want here from a, a, an actual strategy or a this is I, the identity of our offense. It's been cool to be the team with a great offensive line that hits people in the mouth. But, again, that's Stoops' brand of football. So, like, do we and, want to get away from that? Was that an unusual run, perhaps, for Kentucky that it all came together? Can you consistently recruit the way that they did to form those lines? Or did they just have a great run? I mean, they had a team that was – you go back to that 2019 line, a, a, I think four guys got drafted off of it eventually. I think Landon Young's playing a lot today for the Saints. And then the one guy who didn't get drafted is was an all-SEC center. Can they get back to that where you can rely on the strength of your team in the line? I, I hope they can because it, it's the rest of your team looks pretty good. You can kind of make up for some other areas whenever it's there. Yeah, but. I mean, that that is that's a fair question, and, and we don't know. But there are guys along that line, too, that they developed. I mean – Stenberg, Bunchy, yeah, great example. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, who were like three star guys. You thought Eli was, was kind of heading down that. Maybe he's still. Exactly. Uh, yeah. And Horsey, Horsey the same way. Yeah. I mean, I, like, I thought Horsey could be a all SEC guard this year. So, I mean, I, I think it's possible, but you gotta also, you gotta also think they've had so much thrown at them the last couple of years that has not been the way it was before. They've had three different, I mean, it's crazy. Three different offensive systems in three years. That's going to catch up with people at some point. Yeah. And I just feel like it has. It's going to be four and four years next year if, you know, if they if they fire Scangarello. So, I don't know. To answer the question, I don't have an answer. <laughs> I don't know. I think I'd be okay with the, the Purdue-style offense. I'd be okay with somewhat the way that we're – doing things now as long as somebody's willing to uh, adapt and uh, be creative and things like that I, I don't know man I don't know what the answer is um but I just know it's not what it is now right yeah I think uh, I think you will not find any disagreements there that that will be uh something I'm sure Mark Soups is maybe not spending every second thinking about he's still got two games to prepare for and a huge challenge obviously it goes without saying playing the number one team in the country this weekend uh kaylin um, hopefully you can join me again midweek here we can talk a little bit more i think there's still a lot more to dive into uh 
moving forward and before we even get to this game. I kind of hate that it's in the spot where you're kind of thinking about because again, I've only got about a minute here, but we all hope that that Georgia game coming up this Saturday was going to mean something, and it it really doesn't. So that Louisville game will be something to watch. But uh, Kentucky basketball plays on Tuesday night against Michigan State. I'm sure we'll have Sean back on here to to discuss that, maybe preview it um, or discuss the the aftermath, whatever it may be. But, Kalen, I appreciate you jumping on here and uh, hoping to talk to you again this week. But for Kalen Harris, I'm Derek Terry. We'll catch you next time on Kentucky Daily.